You're listening to Coldo D. Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Our services are every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit our website at coldod.org. Father, we just thank you so much for your love, O oh God, for your grace and your strength. And we bless you now, Lord. We pray, Gal Open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. We pray in Yeshua's name. We thank you so much. Amen. You've come here reaching out to the Lord. And that word chesed, let's say the word chesed. Uh, just thinking of that word because that word means, I was just thinking, meet us, Lord. You know, meet us, Lord. Um, reaching out to meet God. Each of us are reaching out to meet the Lord. And the Lord saying, Lord, meet us, Lord. Um, we need you. And the word chesed really means devotion. It's a, a, a God's loyal, for, from God to us, it's his loyal covenant love from God for, to Israel and to us. <clears throat> and um, chesed is that devotion. It's the idea, it means to be entirely devoted to another, and God is entirely devoted to us, to you. And uh, and. And that's what creates in us a response to be entirely devoted back to him, isn't it? We love, why? Because he first loved us. That's what's important to me. You know, when we look at the covenants, when we look at uh, the Mosaic Covenant, which we can look at a little today, and we look at, when we talk about, you know, obedience to God, what's important to me is the spirit behind it is what causes me to be able to and to want to obey God. If I'm told, just do it, that doesn't, that doesn't cut it for me. That actually creates the opposite effect. And Paul teaches that very clearly in Romans chapter 7 and 8. He says, if I, you know, when I try to do good, evil is present with me. He says, the more I'm told, got to do that, got to do that just creates the opposite reaction and makes me want to rebel. And it, show, it, it brings out, whether we call it the flesh, the old nature, the sin nature, whatever you want to call it, the yatsahara versus yatsahatov. And he said, that's not where the answer is. The key is, it starts with God. It starts with him. He, we love because he first loved. Repentance starts with him. We, re- we return because, but he, for, he's the one that calls. He says, I think it's Zechariah 1.4, Return to me, says the Lord, and I will return to you. So you say, oh, it starts with me. I've got to return to God first. No, no, no. God's the one that first called you to return. It started with him. He's the one that said to return to me. didn't start with you. It starts with him. He says, he's the one calling. He's the one saying, return to me. So you see, the power is not in you. The power is not, hello, the power is not in you. The power is not in me to do the law, to do the commandments, to do what I'm supposed to do, to do what I... It's not in me. It's in him through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the whole message of the Brit Hadashah, the new covenant, the Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, the new covenant that God made through Yeshua, is that he indwells us, he writes his Torah on our hearts by his Spirit now, and empowers us to do through his spirit. But, he, but it's not in us. It's in him. Yes, it's our part to cooperate. Yes, we respond. That's the whole point. We respond like, a, in a, like 
Andrew shared beautifully last night, and we were sharing the love, and several were sharing, Jordan was sharing, the love relationship. The love romantic relationship, absolutely. <clears throat> and I love uh, what was mentioned in Song of Songs, uh, Shir HaShirim, chapter 5's scroll, this, this uh, book of the Bible, which you know, the rabbis call the, the Kiddush Kiddushim, the Holy of Holies of the Bible, you know, in, in a more intimate, even more intimate than the Psalms, in a sense, you know, in, in our relationship with God. And of course, it's it's uh, it's an allegory of God and Israel, the the love relationship between God and Israel, and can also be seen as between Messiah and the Church or the Bride, the Messiah and his and the and the and the uh, Kahila, uh, but also in you and the Lord, you and the Lord, your relationship with the Lord. So, <clears throat> um, and in cha- chapter five. He's, she, he comes to her. He says, I've come into my garden, my sister, my bride. I've gathered my myrrh with my spice, uh, eaten my honeycomb with my honey. Let's see, I've drunk my wine with my milk. Eat, oh, friends, drink. Okay. I sleep, verse 2, I sleep, but my heart is awake. A voice. My lover's knocking, she's speaking. My lover's knocking. Open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my perfect one, for my head is drenched with dew, my flocks my locks with dewdrops of night. Oh, wow. I have stripped off my coat. Oh, she says, now here's her response. I have stripped off my coat. How can I put it on again? I've washed my feet. How can I soil them again? You know, I'm already, I'm already dead. I, I can't, I'm not ready to, I, I don't want to get up. Um, you know, I, 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 uh, my lover extended his hand through the opening. My heart yearned for him. She sees the hand come through. I rose to open for my lover. She, she finally gets up. She opens. My hands dripped with myrrh. Yes, my fingers with flowing myrrh on the handles of the lock. I opened to my lover, but my lover had departed. He was gone. My soul went out to him when he spoke. I searched for him, but did not find him. Uh, and then she gets beaten. They beat me. They bruised me. The guards on the walls took my veil from me. And so she cries out, Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you, if you should find my lover, what will you tell him? That I am sick from love. They say, How is your love different from the others? And, oh, most beautiful among women. How is your love different from other lovers that you so charge us? And now, so they challenge her to describe her lover. So, so what's the big deal? What's so special about this one that you love? And now she begins to describe him. And as she describes him, she once again becomes empowered, so to speak. She, she des- describes him, and as she, do- she comes out of her gloom, she comes out of her her distraught state, the more she talks about him. And it's sort of like, I think it reminds me of Jude 19 and 20, where it says, build yourself up in your most holy faith. You know, the more we talk about the Lord, we start to elevate him, start to talk about how wonderful he is, even when we don't feel it, you know, even when we don't see it, see him. And, uh, you know, uh, did you ever notice that, that you, you come out, you start to praise the Lord, you start to talk about how wonderful he is, and you just rehearse maybe what he's done and how great he is. And, and I don't know. You come out of it. But anyway, God meets us in, the, in the, the prodigal son because, again, mentioning the month of Elul and this time of returning to the Lord, you know that story, the lost son found uh, in Luke 15. 
But I, again, just thinking upon that, this is not what I'd plan to talk about today, but uh, Luke 15, verse, uh, remember, when he decides after leaving everything he has, um, you know, and squandering everything, traveling to a far country, and ending up feeding the pigs. Um, let's see. When he came to his senses, verse 17, and he realizes, gosh, I'm dying here of hunger. I'll get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven in your presence. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired workers. Son wanting, so he's ready to return to his father. He says, gosh, what am I doing? I've, I've wasted everything. I've and I'm going to go back. And he got up and went on to his own father. But while he was still far away, his father saw him and fell, felt compassion. He ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. So the father, his father met him halfway, right? Or I don't know, halfway, his father met him. And that is what God does, doesn't he? He meets us. And what I love about it, too, is not only did he do that, but the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your presence and no longer worthy to be called your son. And then notice he goes into another three paragraphs of confession. Do you notice that? Do you see those three paragraphs of confession describing all that he did? No, he doesn't, does he? Father interrupts him. The father, his father interrupts him. The father said to his slaves, quick, bring out the best robe, put it on him. Father interrupts him. He never finished his confession. His father wasn't interested in it. His father didn't want a, a whole spiel of all the details of what happened and how terrible. And he says, I'm not interested in that. I'm just interested that you're here, that you want, you're hungry for me, that you are willing to. And that's the way God is. God wants just us. I seek not, Paul, this verse comes to mind, 2 Corinthians, I think it's 14, 12, or 12, 13. It says, I seek not yours, but you. For I seek not yours, but you. So I don't want something from you. Get your mind off of those things. I want you. I want your, my son, give me heart. My son, give me your heart. This is something to think about during this time of year and <clears throat> knowing that the Lord will meet us and does meet us as we respond to him. And, uh, and we can count on that, can't we? So, Father, we just thank you for this. We thank you that you do meet us and that you do want to bless, bless us with your, with your closeness, your nearness, that you have a heart of chesed for us and a mind of chesed for us, and, and we want to have, what, have the same towards you, and we do, because that's why we're here, because that's why we're listening or watching today, because we're hungry for you, Lord God. And it's not a matter of someone else, not a matter of the person next to me, in front of me and back of me, not a matter of the person yesterday or before tomorrow. It's a matter of me and you. I know that's not good grammar. You and I. <laughs> Lord, I thank you.
that you meet me, and I love you. So on the one hand, God doesn't change, but on the other hand, he never changes, but on the other hand, he's always changing in that he's ever new, right? He's ever new because that's his nature. That's the nature of the living, of something being alive. It's growing. And so as we think, did Yeshua bring something new? The answer is yes, and also no. He brought us back to the original, to the heart of the Father, to the purpose of his calling, out of people, giving us his word. And in this portion, boy, it describes the blessings and the curses. It once again keeps, we have this a lot in Deuteronomy, the covenant God made with Israel, and and these blessings and curses have been lived out, uh, experienced throughout the history of our people, of the Jewish people for the last 4,000 years, the good and the bad, the, the, the horrific as well as the, the, the wonderful, uh, and still are and still will, um, to be sure. We see it in chapter 26, verses 16. This day the Lord your God is commanding you to do these statutes and ordinances so you're to take care and do them with all your heart, with all your soul. Today you have affirmed Adonai as your, the Lord, as your God and you will walk in his ways, keep his statutes, etc. Listen to his voice. It's the key. Now, today the Lord has affirmed you as treasured people as he promised you that you're to keep his commandments. And he will set you on high above the nations he made, has made for praise, fame, and honor that you are to be a holy people to the Lord your God as he's promised you. So we've kind of already talked about how do we do these commands? How do we walk in his ways? By our willpower. No. <clears throat> but by cooperation to the whole, with the whole, yielding to the Holy Spirit's power, as we just mentioned. And uh, under the new covenant, God puts his spirit and causes us. He, it says in Ezekiel 36, 27, I love this verse, he puts his spirit within us and causes us to walk in his statutes. He sanctifies, Yeshua said, sanctify them, set them apart, make them holy by your word. Your word is truth. In John 17, 17, by his Holy Spirit, he sealed us with his spirit when he gives us, when we're born again, that, that new birth in uh, Ephesians 1, 13 and 4, 30 and so on. And the spirit cries out, Abba, Father, there's the relational connection. Abba, Father, Romans 8, uh, Galatians 4, 6 and Romans 8, 15. And so... The Mosaic or Sinai covenant was given through Moses to Israel with its conditional blessings and curses. And we've seen it. The, the, the blessings, amazing. The curses, horrific. So many of them. And um, it says these will, all these blessings will come upon you, overtake you if you listen to the voice of the Lord. Verse 2. Um, Listen to the voice of the Lord your God. All these curses, verse 45, will come upon you and pursue and overtake you because you did not listen to the voice of the Lord. Now, the new covenant, which would come through Yeshua, the Messiah, would be radically different. In Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, not, it says specifically, not like the covenant I made with their fathers, verse 32, which was written six centuries before Yeshua. 
He said he's had made the first, would make the first old in Hebrews 8.13, probably referring to the temple and with its priesthood and sacrificial system. So the new covenant wouldn't abrogate or abolish the Mosaic covenant, but it would bring with it the power to complete it in its heart and goal. Paul says for Messiah, Messiah, Yeshua is the goal of it, of the Torah. It's the, as the means of righteousness for everyone who trusts. He's made us competent. That's Romans 10.4. He's made us competent as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.6. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. I've been crucified with Messiah, Paul says. It's no longer I who live, but Messiah lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by trusting Ben Elohim, the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians. So it's so important that Yeshua is never displaced with anything else. Never anything else. Um, and Paul warns against this in 2 Corinthians 11, uh, 2 through 4. He says, beware there that, let's see, I'm jealous over you, 2 Corinthians eleven two, with a godly jealousy, for I betrothed you as one husband to present you to Messiah as a pure virgin. But I'm afraid somehow the serpent, as he deceived, the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds might be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion. It's a singular, it's the word is singularity, single devotion to the Messiah. For someone comes and proclaims another Yeshua, whom we did not proclaim. You receive a different spirit that you did not receive or a different good news that you did not accept and you put up with it. So these can come in different ways, this deception, that subtly, gradually, Yeshua becomes not central but peripheral. Yeshua doesn't become preeminent and first, but he becomes, something else becomes, takes his place. And it's very subtle and very, very deceptive. And it's another gospel. It's another good news. It's another, it's a different Yeshua. And Paul warns it, and it's, and by the way, it's not evil, it's Righteous, it's in the name of righteousness. Paul says it masquerades not in a, as an angel of darkness, but of light. 2 Corinthians 11, 14, verses 14 and 15. Not of evil, but of righteousness. And I think it's similar to what happened in Galatians. And people lose their experience of the grace of God, of knowing Yeshua in the freedom of, of the purity of, of grace, of knowing him in freedom. And I'm not talking about freedom from any restraint. I'm talking about the freedom of knowing I, I, my sins are gone. And I'm, I can rejoice in the Lord. And I am free to obey through the Spirit and according to the Spirit and not be governed by musts, but by, as I talked earlier, by in the inner, by the inner uh, response to God's love. And so... He says, Don't be a, you, you, you're distanced from your husband, you're estranged from Messiah in Galatians 5, 4. That's what happened to them. <clears throat> so think about what caused you to be born again, to fall in love with the living God. Think about it, remember that, and to, become a, to come actually alive and know God. And uh, don't let the enemy ever rob you. And if it's happens, come back. Don't let the enemy rob you of your first love for 
the Lord. Now, if Yeshua would come today, if he was, came here today, I will say this. I almost assure, assure you that he would upset many of us. Do you believe that? I believe that he would, what he would do would shock us. Would shock us. Uh, he would intentionally allow his disciples to pluck heads of grain and eat them on the Shabbat. Matthew 12, 1. He did it. He did that. You say, well, he didn't eat the, the grain. No, he didn't. But he allowed his disciples to, and he didn't rebuke them for it. And uh, he would announce Zacchaeus, who, by the way, you mentioned last night also, Andreas. Zacchaeus, I had already written this before. That, by the way. Uh, he would, he would uh, announce Zacchaeus, the wealthy chief tax collector, as host of tonight's special meeting. <laughs> and and uh, how would that look for us? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that would look for us. But how did that look for them, for, for them when, you know, announcing Zacchaeus, as like you said, he probably had, um, I don't know, being too liberal in allowing his followers to violate God's command? He's a compromiser, maybe. Or honoring the fellow who cheated me and took advantage of others? getting rich off their sweat and toil? How could he choose him? He must be undiscerning and uncaring. That's what Yeshua would probably do in our midst, and he'd upset all of us, including me, I'm sure. So let's be sure we're knowing the true Yeshua. Let's be sure and that we're growing to know him. And he says, go and learn. Yeshua said, challenge his followers, he said, and those watch listening, Matthew 9, 13, he said, go and learn what this means. Mercy I desire, which it would be equivalent to the word chesed in Hebrew. I believe it's Elias in Greek there. I didn't check it. Mercy I desire and not sacrifice. Chesed it would be. The heart of God versus the letter of Torah. What's desired versus what's required. 917. New wine in new wineskins. A fulfillment of original intent. In Matthew 12, Matthew 12, 1 and 2, at that time, that's where it says, he went through the grain fields, his disciples became hungry, began to pluck grain, heads of grain and eat them. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what's not permitted on Shabbat, he was violating, was he? Violating Torah, violating Shabbat? Verses 7 and 8, he said, If you had known what this means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you wouldn't have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of Shabbat. What does that mean? He's Lord of Shabbat. Yeshua is preeminent. He's central. Nothing else. Yes, he's the living Torah. Yes, he's the word made flesh. The spirit, not the letter. He is my life, not the letter of the law. And nothing must ever supplant or displace him. Amen? I hope you feel that way. I know you do. 
Nothing must ever supplant him. And I think we all do feel that way. So God gives Israel this, these promises. But we can't keep them in our own power. It's going to require the Holy Spirit. And this is our prayer for our people, that we come to know the Messiah through the new covenant. The new covenant was made with the house of Israel and Judah, with the Jewish people, and, to be, and for the Gentiles to be incorporated, of course, in as well, to come to know Yeshua and be able to partake of the blessings of it as well for all people. It's for everyone. But it was made with the Jewish people. He's our Messiah. And what amazing promise. Uh, the principles of the Torah haven't changed. This is a new covenant. The new covenant is the same Torah, but put on our hearts. And he says, uh, the, the words, um, let's see, inscribed on stone tablets in chapter 27, verses 2 and 3. Uh, <clears throat> write the words of this Torah. You're to write on the stones all the words of the Torah very clearly, verse 8. But then in 2 Corinthians, Jeremiah, this is the covenant. I'll put, I'll, I'll put my Torah, write my Torah within them and write it on their heart. I'll be their God and they will be my people. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 3, 5 through 8. It's clear that you're a letter from Messiah delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit, the ruach of the living God, not on tables of, tablets of stone, but on table, tablets of human hearts. Not that we are competent in ourselves to consider anything coming from ourselves, but our competence is from God. He has made us competent as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. I'll say it one more time. For the letter kills, the Spirit gives life. What spirit are we communicating? How are we communicating? How are we communicating? It's all how are we communicating it. And uh, <clears throat> we want to bring life because Yeshua said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life in John six sixty three. <clears throat> now the ministry of death carved in letters and stone came in such glory that the children of Israel could not look intently upon Moses' face because of its glory, although it was passing away. Now how will the ministry of the spirit not be even more glorious? and go into all of that with 2 Corinthians 3, what Paul is talking about there. But, uh, and again, in many cases, he could be speaking about really the, in many cases, the sacrificial system, which we know is fulfilled in Messiah, who is our final sacrifice. The principles haven't changed. The Torah is holy and good. The covenant's still intact between God and Israel. I love it, and I believe we should probably implement much more than we do. For our, it's for our benefit to do so. But again, the spirit, it's the important thing, is the spirit in which we do it that's essentially here, out of freedom, not out of obligation, but out of freedom. And obligation in the sense of response to God's love, I guess we would say. Um, Otherwise, what happens is we become phony and live in pretense. Peter was challenged by Paul in Galatians chapter 2. I won't take the time to read it, but chapter 2, 11 through 14, because of the pressure of those who judged were judging him. And I underst- we understand that. I, I certainly, I know I do in the Jewish community, the pressure he was under. And he, so he acted differently among 
the Gentile believers versus the Jewish believers. And, the, and as David Stern says, I, I love his, I like his conclusion, I agree with, Jewish-Gentile fellowship took precedence over kashrut, according to him, according to David Stern. So, grace was the issue, not legalism. I don't know about you, but I certainly hope that we can partake of the blessings, not the curses, <laughs> that are in the Torah as we read these things there. And thank God for Messiah Yeshua that the blessings are in him as we respond to him. And for Israel and for our people, we pray for our people to come to know him. So let's just conclude reading that beautiful new covenant, Jeremiah 31. Of course, it's quoted in Hebrews 8 and 10. But he says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. They broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. They broke it, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant after those days, declares, I'll put my Torah within them. Yes, I'll write it on their heart. I will be their God. They will be my people. No longer teach. I love this one, 34. No longer will they teach his neighbors or each his brothers saying, know the Lord, for they'll know me. Of course, under the, the temple and the sacrificial system, we couldn't, we'd only know him through the, through the, uh, the, the priests. We ha- now we know him through Yeshua. We all can know him. He's Yeshua's our mediating priest, our high priest. And we all know him. We all have that relationship with the Lord. Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. Thank God he doesn't remember our sin anymore. Your sins are no longer remembered. He has placed them under uh, into the depths of the sea, as we'll soon on Tashlich, by the way, we'll probably do that on the afternoon of Rosh Hashanah, go to where we're going for the mikvah today, go and symbolically, you know, cast our breadcrumbs or whatever you bring. Uh, um, I was with a group once, and they were throwing stones, and I don't know where they got that one from. There was a Christian, Christian group, and they said, we should, we're just throw stones. Anyway, but typically use breadcrumbs. But anyway, um, and... Uh, but we, you know, we, Micah chapter 7, he's cast our sins into the depths of the sea. He remembers our sins no more. Amen? Uh, because of the blood of Yeshua. We have an eternal sacrifice. We have an eternal high priest. And uh, thank God that we do. Right? Our names are re- written in the book of life, recorded in the book of life because of Yeshua. He is our all and in all. Our all and in all. Amen? Colossians 3. Four, Colossians 3, 11 are all and in all. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we love you. Thank you. We have come to meet you today. Thank you that you meet us like you, the Father did the lost son who came back to him. You meet us right as we come reaching out to you with chesed. You re- meet us with chesed. And we, we come, Lord, hungry for you. That is our desire, and I know that's the desire of anyone here today, and our devotion to you. Thank you for the devoted ones here, Lord. We are Hasidim. We're not the Hasidim, the ultra-Orthodox Hasidim in Brooklyn or Jerusalem, Lord, we're, but we're Hasidim, true Hasidim 
of Yeshua, Lord. We are devoted ones that love you, Lord. And it's all because it starts with you, because you first loved us. You gave your son for us. And uh, we thank you, Lord. Help us to grow in understanding, Lord. We thank you. We'll be continuing to grow and learn. Lord, we see in a glass and a mirror dimly. We thank you, Lord, in Yeshua's name. And if you've never trusted Yeshua, you haven't given yourself to the Lord, this would be a great time to do it. He loves you. Messiah died for you. Say, Lord God, I need you. Forgive me. I'm coming back to you. I'm coming to know you. I want to be saved. I want to trust you for forgiveness of sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me your son, your daughter, in Yeshua's name. Bishem Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar HaShalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen.